Welcome back to Administrative Static. Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchioni with you, and we are still joined by Senior Litigation Counsel, and actually, I should say, General Counsel of, of NCLA. I'm, I have to get used to Jeanette's new title here. I failed to uh, properly uh, introduce her before, but uh, General Counsel at, at NCLA. Uh, to talk about another case that, that you've been working on, this is an amicus brief uh, that NCLA filed last month, uh, late last month, in the Murphy, Murphy Company v. Uh, Biden case. And uh, this case has to do with when the president uh, proclaims that particular uh, areas of federal land, usually in the West, almost invariably in the West, although sometimes even offshore, uh, is withdrawn from, from use. And so there are already uh, statutes that Congress has passed governing this, but over the last 25 years, your amicus brief says there's been this disturbing trend of presidents of both parties exceeding their constitutional authority to designate monuments and essentially contradict some of the or ignore some of the statutes uh, that Congress uh, has passed. So uh, NCLA has teamed up with the Arizona Farm Bureau Federation on this uh, amicus brief. What's the Arizona Farm Bureau Federation's interest uh, in this? And and tell us more about the Murphy Company v. Biden case. What did the government do here that that has your interest and attention? Sure. Well, Arizona Farm Bureau represents uh, members of the agriculture industry throughout the state of Arizona. It's the largest um, collection of ag interests in the state of Arizona. Uh, I have a strong interest in agricultural interests in the West. I grew up on a farm. Um, and they are interested in this case because the case involves the designation of a monument, um, which almost 4 million acres of Arizona right now is covered by monuments. And in this case, not only did the president designate a monument, that one in Oregon, um, but he also said that as part of the designation, he was prohibiting the commercial harvest of timber. And that's a step too far. Um, and so the Arizona ranchers are particularly interested because of the most recent national monument designation. I think it's still the most recent in Arizona, which covers 900 some thousand acres in Arizona. Um, and because of all of the restrictions and qualifications in use on that designation, um, they anticipate that ranching will be reduced within the National Monument. Gotcha. So they're interested in the broader issue here of monument designation, but they don't necessarily have a particular interest in, in Oregon, uh, per se. Correct. This issue of the president excessively using the power to designate monuments uh, hasn't come before the Supreme Court in quite some time. And Chief Justice Roberts has expressed an interest in this being taken up by the court. Um, in that case, he was talking about hundreds, thousands of square miles of ocean floor. Um, but there's also a case working its way through the Tenth Circuit related to some monuments in Utah. Again, Is that Bears Ears? Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. Okay. Um, where, again, there are restrictions on the use of the land. Um and so part of the reason we filed this amicus is because it does have a much broader impact and because the, the conflict at issue here between what the president said could not happen on the land, in this case, timber harvest, and statute is very clear because there is a 1937, I think, statute where Congress said this land is to be used permanently for timber harvest to support the local community because of the need for the tax base. And and if I and so that's an after that statute is after the monument 
statute, right? As, as I, from memory, is that statute that allows the president to do this was prior to 1937. It was like a Teddy Roosevelt time. Correct. Thing. Well, and that's the whole that's the <clears throat> whole problem because the Antiquities Act, which is the one that allows the president to designate monuments, was passed in 1906. There were not very many federal land use statutes and regulations at that time. Um, and so what the statute did, the purpose of it was two things. One, to protect relics, which it does in one section. And two, to allow the president to remove land from the ability to appropriate it, say, under a homestead claim or a Desert Land Act claim or one of those claims where people were settling the West. That was the purpose and extent. And the original monument designations were all very short, basically one-page documents that says, here's the area of interest, here's why is it, of, it is of interest. It is hereby named whatever monument and turned over to be uh, managed according to statute. But since that time, we're done settling the West, federal land laws have sort of pervaded the space. And so you can't dictate or prohibit uses on federal lands at this point without contradicting some at least procedural statute that Congress passed, if not in the 30s, in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, that makes uh, makes a lot of sense. So uh, if, um, you know, what's the, uh, what's the government say about this? I mean, what's the defense for the Biden, I mean, in this case, the Biden administration's actions, but in Bears ears, I think it was originally the Obama administration. Yeah. The government basically says, look, um, we're talking about huge swaths of land. Uh, the 1937 act that mandated timber production didn't mandate it for every single acre because obviously you couldn't harvest timber on the watersheds. And so there was discretion. And so it's fine for the president to direct the agencies to use their discretion to prohibit timber harvest in what is now a hundred some thousand acres of land. I don't find that very uh, persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <clears throat> you're right. But they've been using this and it usually happens. They've done it this time during the first term, but a lot of times they wait until all the political problems would be over and then they reward someone or do something for a constituency that it causes huge problems and the president's like, I'm out the door, here's a monument. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And the timing on a lot of these has been, has been exactly like that. Well, and the problem with the president doing it is the courts inevitably, and especially the 10th Circuit or the, the district court in Utah recently, just completely defer. They basically say the Antiquities Act gives the president discretion to designate monuments. And so long as he says it's for a historical uh, or scientific purpose, and so long as he says it's the smallest area consistent with that purpose, we cannot dig into that discretion. And, and that's another issue I think that's going to come out, which is um, it's not clear to me, except for that smallest designation, that another president can demonumize demonument it. So it isn't clear from the statute that you can fix any of these problems by by, by anything. But the president has vast amounts of discretion to create and yes. no discretion at all to reduce. That, you, that, that doesn't seem It doesn't seem doesn't right. Seem but right. if you read the statute, it doesn't say he can he can take it away. Well, and that was the subject of a, of a lawsuit related to Bears Ears because the statute was created, then uh, President Trump ratcheted it down, and now it's gone back up. But in that, in that interim period, 
period, while before the Biden administration expanded it again, there was a lawsuit addressing just that question. Can a president reduce the size of a monument created by a prior president? Remains unresolved. And, and this case was in front of the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, for the Ninth Circuit in terms of uh, President Biden's uh, designation of, of um, the Cascade Siskiyou National Monument. No? It was actually, uh, well, yes, but it was Obama. It was because the designation oh, okay. was in 2017. And there's actually two lawsuits. There was one Wait, in the- 2017 Obama? So it was right at the end of the administration? Yes, it okay. was. Yeah. All right. Just like Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's a, a companion suit in the D.C. Circuit, um, and they both um, they both ultimately reached that decision. In the D.C. Circuit, the district court judge ruled against uh, the monument designation and the restriction on land, but the D.C. Circuit overturned it. And so uh, where does this case stand now? What's the next step? Uh, well, we're waiting to see if the Supreme Court will take this opportunity to grant certiorari and address this question of the scope of power to designate monuments under the Antiquities Act. And what makes this case a, a good vehicle for the court? That's usually what they're looking at in these cert questions, right? Right. Well, as I mentioned, this case has a very specific conflict between the Antiquities Act, or the not the Antiquities Act itself, but the monument designation that says, thou shalt not harvest timber, and a congressional statute that says, thou shalt permanently harvest timber. So the conflict is just patent. Um, and that's something very unusual. This isn't about discretion in terms of the size of the monument or whether or not the monument has historic or scientific value. It is a very sort of concrete land use question um, that I think is it's nice and tight, essentially. Right, because you might think that the president has some inherent executive authority, but here you're talking about a direct conflict with le legislative action that has gone through both houses of Congress and signed by the president in terms of the land use statutes. Exactly. And that's the focus of our brief. Essentially, the president was dispensing with the existing statute of Congress, which a president does not have the power to do. An old English king did not have the power to do this. And that was settled you know, in the, in the 1600s. Um, and so the idea that the president can dispense with a statute um, by exercising power granted under an earlier statute uh, is part of our specific interest in the case. Right, because uh, our founder, Philip Hamburger, has written extensively about the dispensing power and the fact that this is something that is not in the Constitution and that's not an oversight. It was deliberately not included uh, in the Constitution. And yet the modern administrative state, and this is a particularly egregious and, uh, uh, and obvious example of it, uh, we see presidents all the time saying, well, you know, don't don't pay attention to that piece of the law or we're not going to or I'm going to issue this thing. And yes, that contradicts something else in the law, but that's OK because I have this executive power. Um, but what this brief is saying uh, in this context is no presidents don't have that sort of, of dispensing power. That's not ever been a part of inherent executive authority under the U.S. Constitution. Exactly. And I mean, the, the Ninth Circuit said that the designations and their land restriction was fine because they could reconcile the presidential proclamation with the 1937 Land Use Act. The way they reconciled it was by saying that the 1937 Act was not fully applicable. Okay. Well, uh, Murphy v. v. Biden is the name of the case. Hopefully the Supreme Court will take a look at this and police the boundary here between executive monument designation and president's efforts to legislate land codes contrary to statute. Thank you.